The first reading can be found on page 1174 of the Church Bible. Uh, it is Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 to 13. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you, that is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to men in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him, through faith, in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. This is the word of the Lord. The Gospel reading is in Luke chapter 18, beginning at verse 9. So, Luke chapter 18 beginning at verse 9. If you want to follow it, it's on page 1052. To those who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Let's start by praying. God our Father, we thank you for this opportunity to meet together. 
And particularly now, we thank you for your word and our, this opportunity to study it and to take a closer look at it. And we pray that as we do so, that you would speak to us, both corporately and individually, that we would hear from you. We pray that we would come to you this morning with freedom and confidence, knowing you are near. Amen. Well, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate that. Um, for those of you who don't know, we're currently doing a series on Ephesians. Last week, we looked at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to 22, and John Gray spoke to us about how once we were separated, but now we are united. We are brought near through the blood of Jesus. We are saved by the grace of God. Today we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 to 13, which was read to us. Um, and you might want to open that passage. It can be found on page 1174 of the Church Bibles. I wonder if you've ever found yourself in a conversation where you thought you were talking about one thing, and all of a sudden the other person is talking about something completely different. You find yourself thinking, how did we get here? We did that yesterday. One of Rob's friends came round and he said to Rob, um, it must take you as long to get to um, Shoreditch in London as it does for me. And next thing I know, we're suddenly talking about how last weekend Rob's mum was here with us and Rob uh, walked her too fast to church and she arrived with a stitch and I found myself thinking how are we talking about this what has this got to do with how long it takes us to get into London well that's kind of what happens here at the beginning of this passage Paul goes off on a bit of a tangent let's take a closer look in verse 1 Paul says for this reason I Paul the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles and then in your Bibles, I think you'll find it's followed by a long dash. It's as if Paul suddenly, what he said before, kind of gets him distracted and he goes off on another point. And we can see that he picks up his train of thought again in verse 14. Again, he says, for this reason, and he goes on to pray for the people he's writing to. But in between, he kind of goes off on this strange little tangent. So what is it that distracts Paul and what is it that he decides needs to be added before coming back to pray for the Ephesians? While I was preparing for this, um, Neil gave me a book that I think other people have read too. It's called Alive in Christ by Stuart Olliott um, and it's all about Ephesians. And um, it's split up in the same way that our kind of sermons have been split up. And the title for this passage was Paul Talks About Himself. Now, yeah, so you've been a laughter. When I first read that, I was a bit like, oh. So, so last week we were talking about how God unites us. And, and today we have this passage where Paul just tells us a bit about himself. It's like he says, I, Paul and gets a bit distracted and thinks he should expand a bit and tell a bit more about himself. Well, in that vein, I wondered if you'd mind humouring me and taking maybe just like 30 seconds to tell the person nearest to you 
just one thing about yourself. No follow-up questions, just share one thing about yourself to someone near you. Thank you for humouring me, much appreciated. So back to the passage. What is it that Paul tells us about himself and what can we learn and take from it? So in verse 2, Paul says, Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. And where Paul says for you, he particularly means for the Gentiles. Paul is telling us that he was sent to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, the non-Jews. And that's backed up in Acts. In Acts chapter 26, we read, it's where Paul is on the road to Damascus and he suddenly hears the voice of God and we hear God say to Paul, now get up and stand on your feet. I've appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. So Paul wants to tell us that he has been particularly sent to the Gentiles. God appointed Paul as a servant and as a witness to them, to open their eyes. That was God's task for Paul. Next, Paul tells us about the mystery made known to him by revelation in verse 3. Now, the word mystery in this context refers to something which had been hidden but has now been revealed or it had been unknown, and now it has been made known. And in verse 5, we read that it has been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets, of which Paul was one of these. So what was this mystery? Verse 6 says, This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. This is what Paul was previously talking about in the second part of chapter 2, which we looked at last week. That idea of once separated, but now united. He reminds them again that the love, the mercy, and the grace of God was meant not just for the Jews, but for all. And they needed this reminder because nobody in the Old Testament would have been able to imagine or envisage that the coming of the Messiah would totally remove the barrier between Jews and Gentiles. They wouldn't have been able to imagine that before it happened. So it's a reminder that we, we know now, but for them it was a reminder they really needed to hear. God was uniting them. So, so far, Paul has told us that he has been sent to the Gentiles and that God has revealed a mystery to him, that God has come for all, Jew and Gentile alike. 
I wonder what you told the person near you. And I wonder why you told them the thing about yourself that you did, why you picked that thing. Paul tells us about himself, but he tells us these things for a reason. In verse 7 it says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Paul wants his readers to know that it is all because of God that he is preaching his word to the Gentiles. It is because of God's grace and because of God's power. In fact, he even says, although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given to me. Paul considered himself completely undeserving, completely inadequate, completely unworthy. And yet God's grace was given to him. And this great privilege, this great gift, completely amazed Paul. In some of the reading I was doing, I discovered that Paul uses the word, excuse my bad Greek, polupoikilos. And he uses that word to describe the grace of God. And apparently that word means many-coloured. And now as I was sat before the service started, I just loved that we've got the word grace here and that it has been decorated with many colours. The idea in this word is that the grace of God will match any situation which life may bring us to. There is nothing of light or dark, of sunshine or shadow, for which it is not, as William Barclay says, triumphantly adequate. God's grace for Paul was triumphantly adequate. It was God's grace and power that enabled Paul to accomplish what he did in bringing the gospel to the Gentiles. Stuart Olliott says, Paul has spoken about himself, but he has not drawn attention to himself. He is the man he is because of Christ. He would have neither message nor ministry were it not for Christ. Christ is the source of all that Paul has. Paul has spoken about Christ that we might admire Christ. God, Paul, sorry, spoke of God that we might see and admire him and admire the things he did in Paul. And I challenge us to do the same, that when we speak of ourselves, we speak that others might admire Christ might admire the things that he's doing in our life by his grace.
But Paul doesn't leave it there. In verse 12, he goes on to say, in him, and by him he means Jesus, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. The grace of God isn't just on offer for Paul. The triumphantly adequate grace of God is on offer for all of us. The grace and the power of God that enabled Paul, who had previously been a persecutor of Christians, to speak the revealed mystery of God to the Gentiles, that same grace is on offer to us because we have been granted freedom and confidence through Jesus Christ our Lord to approach our Father God. There is no need for us to hesitate. Jesus has made a way for us to come to the Father and to receive the privileges he has for us as heirs, as his children. Paul knew the privileges God was offering him, and he wanted us to know them too. Maybe at some point this week, you might find time to just ask God to remind you, to show you once again of all that it is that he has on offer for you. Because that grace is on offer for all of us. I just wanted to end um, with two things or two people maybe that I felt God really wanted to speak to. I just wondered if some of you might be relating to Paul and I didn't really touch on it but at the very beginning Paul tells us that he's in prison and I just felt like maybe there are some people here this morning who can relate to that feeling of being imprisoned by something. God's many-coloured, triumphantly adequate grace is available for you in that place. Or maybe you might relate to Paul when he said, I'm the less than the least of all God's people. Maybe you find yourself here this morning not really thinking very highly of yourself. You can't get to grips with the fact that God's grace is enough for you. If that's you, please get someone to pray with you at the end or come and find me, I'd love to pray with you because what Paul wants us to know and what he wants us to leave knowing is that God's many-coloured, triumphantly adequate grace is for us all. May we all be able to come to God, our Father, this morning with freedom and confidence, knowing the privilege of God's love and his mercy and his grace for us as his children. Let's pray. God, we are so grateful for your grace, that free gift that you offer us to come to meet with you to enter into your family and to receive from you. May we this morning catch a greater glimpse of the grace that you have on offer for us. And may we leave this place more sure, more confident 
of our access to you, that we might leave this place giving glory and honour and thanks to you. Amen.